0: With today being Easter Sunday, I'm sure that you know what I'm going to speak (laughs) about—the resurrection. So let me speak to you about your resurrection. You know, when we think of um, being alive for eternity, sometimes it's—you know—it's kind of like a far-off thought. You know, what I don't need to worry about that till I'm uh, terminally ill or till I wake up dead. You know, so I don't necessarily have to think about resurrecting an eternal life. But the, the challenge for us is to see how that the life of Jesus Christ is very active in our life today, the remnant. That we are part of the body of Christ. We are part of his um, movement in our world. But we are, we are living out the body. We are living out the life of God in our community in our family and even for us that we have a purpose for our lives and for what we are doing it doesn't mean that we have to go to Africa and be a missionary or to Central America South America it doesn't mean that it means that we live for God where we're at and that the resurrection of Jesus Christ affects every part of our being every part of our life whether we know it or not you are alive for eternity You are alive and that even though your body ceases to function, life will continue. And what we find in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is that all of his teachings and everything that he professes to be and all of the life that he gives to us in the spirit and in our everyday life, we find that God is there working in us. We find that that is alive in us, fulfilling that deep desire for life and so living for christ living with christ living eternally eternally with him is part of who we are in john chapter 14 oh excuse me in job start with job first now in the book of job you say well what does that have to do with the resurrection well in the book of job it's the oldest book in the bible and there were no there were no ten commandments there were no Gospels. But Job had this relationship with God that set him apart from all the others. And there was this mistaken philosophy that if you did bad things, bad things happened. If you did good things, good things happened. You know, even in the last, what well, was 27 years ago, um, wrote the book on bad things happen to good people. And it was a rabbi who wrote it. But in the book of Job, it was one of those things that uh, the modern thought was, that modern thought was, if you did something wrong, you would be punished. So Job enters into these complications. He enters into this uh, tragedy, his, his, his wealth. He's the Bill Gates of his society. He's the uh, Donald Trump of his time. And uh, he loses everything. He loses his home. He loses all of his children. He loses his wealth, all of his servants, all of his cattle, camels, everything is just taken away from him. <clears throat> and he's, sit, he's seated in a heap of ashes and boils all over his body. And Job then talks about that and he says, If we humans die, will we live again? And it's that age old question do we live after we die? Well, I like to put it into perspective, are we alive while we're still living? <laughs> are we alive while we're still living? Are we living for ourselves? Are we living for God and in serving others? They're beginning to see in a, a lot of um, self-help books and, and, and so on, as you do for others, as you help other people achieve their goals, you will find yourself meeting yours. So in this idea of serving, and in this idea that Jesus has presented to us about servant, we find that there is life, and there are questions, and Job even thought of these things. If we humans die, will we live again? That's my question, he says in Job fourteen sixteen. Although these difficult days, I keep hoping, waiting for the final change, the resurrection. Homesick, with longing for the creature you made. Job is longing to become the person that he feels that God has made him. And, and I think of when there is a lot of um, desire, I guess, sold on, the, on our media, it's desiring to become something that somebody else has put the image out there. Desiring to become wealthy, such as Donald Trump desiring to look like a model, and they put the clothes out there, and you wear these clothes. So if you wear these clothes, drive this car, um, you live in this house, you dress a certain way, you will find the deep desires of your heart, and our society advertises that for us. In fact, the uh, final four was last night. In the basketball game, the finals are Monday night, and it will cost you... Well, it's, the, it's next to the Super Bowl per, for 30 seconds. <laughs> millions and millions of dollars for a 30-second advertisement during that, during that basketball game. And what's going on, we will find out what is the key interest in the people who watch basketball finals, what they are most interested in, and what somebody's trying to sell them. And that if you buy this product, you will find fulfillment. Well... Job has been the wealthiest man on earth. He has lost everything, and he's waiting the resurrection. He wants to die and get out of here. Now, you'll watch, but he says, I'll answer. I'll answer to you, God. You'll watch over every step I take, but you won't keep track of my my missteps. Sometimes we think of God as, looking for the faults, the failures, looking for the things wrong in our life. God doesn't do that. That's not what God is interested in. God isn't interested in all of our mistakes. He's interested in what he created us for, and it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that empowers us to be the person we were created to be, and that these other things can be The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That God has a way of, if we put him first, all the other desires of our life fit into this descending pyramid. And that, but at the top of my pyramid, at the top of my life, (laughs) the top of my form, I want to see God. I want God first in my life. And, And Job is saying, God isn't about finding fault, He's about finding life. And that's why we have the resurrection, that he is the conqueror of death, hell, and the grave. He is the one who fulfills life, fills our life with life. The breath of God breathed into Adam and Eve and made them a living soul. That same breath is in each of us. And that we are alive inside and we are alive for eternity. Why not begin living for God and allowing God's best to be part of our life Before we hit the eternity, (laughs) Job says, "You'll "You'll watch over every step I take, but you won't keep track of my missteps, my sins. This is one of those one of those verses that you really like. My sins will be stuffed in a sack and thrown into the sea and sunk into the deepest ocean. What does God do with our sins?" He throws them into the deepest sea, and he puts a sign up, no fishing. <laughs> you can't go fishing for what you've failed at. What you've failed at is not what God is interested in. God is interested in what we can become by his spirit, and our sins are separated. And then, verse, then go into Job 19, still I know, and the, the King James says, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and mine eyes shall behold and not another. I know that God lives and the one who gives me back my life and eventually every, and eventually he'll take his stand upon the earth and I'll see him even though I get skinned alive. <laughs> one of the versions has it, um, even though I am buried in the ground and the worms <laughs> eat my flesh and decayed and the whole work goes. Job says, I will see God with my own eye. With my own eyes, I will see God even after my body has been in the grave and it's totally decayed and gone. I will see God when he stands upon the earth again. I will see him with my own eye. I mean, that's just right out of the gospel. That's right out of the book of Revelation. That God is going to return. He's going to stand upon the earth and, you know, the battle of Armageddon and all those things of end times that that are out there. He's telling Job, the oldest book in the Bible says, here it is. Here it is. God is going to see me through this. And he he believes, Job believes in the resurrection. (laughs) Job believes in the resurrection. The reason Christ died, we've all sinned. In 1 Peter He says, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and uh, detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless and wild living. You see, there is a reason that we don't join with those who are destroying themselves. There is a reason that we don't belong to them because we belong to God. And it is for this reason the gospel was preached. The gospel is the good news that saves our soul and gives us life. And what gives the gospel power is the resurrection. Without the resurrection, there is no truth in the scriptures. Paul says, if if Jesus isn't risen from the dead, we are of all men most miserable. (laughs) You know, if we're propagating a lie, if Jesus is not alive. The reason Christ died, well, the people around Jesus saw a man dying on the cross. But that's not what God saw. God saw something very different happening. He saw the stain of our sins appearing on Jesus. So we've all sinned. We'll go back up a little bit with Job. Job is in trouble. Life is devastating. Doesn't know why things happened, but he believes in the resurrection. In the book of Peter, we have this idea that we've all sinned, that we've all come short. We've lived a, 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 a life of sin. We've all sinned. We've all done something wrong, but... When Jesus died upon the cross, the stain of our sin was upon him. And that is the reason that we celebrate Easter. The emphasis is more than just upon the facts. There's this guy, he died and he, he went on the cross and he rose three days later. And we have a bunny that comes around and lays chocolate eggs. And we have a wonderful time. <laughs> I thought that was humorous. Uh, <laughs> you know we have we have we have, we have uh, uh, baskets and bunnies and all, and that's okay you know it, you know it, you know it's just things but what is the truth about the resurrection what is the truth about easter and we find that it is in jesus dying for our sins he paid the price for our sin and he has the great thing about the death of jesus is that the blood of Jesus Christ at the cross went backward in time to all of the Old Testament saints who were covered by the sacrificial blood of the Lamb. And Jesus descended into hell and led captivity captive. Those people who were held captive by death, but yet in faith, believing that God would send a Messiah... And Jesus' death and the effects of his blood go forward in time to reach our lives. And that reality of his forgiveness comes to us in a way that takes away our past sins. Our Christian faith disconnects us with our failures of the past. Because Jesus can forgive us and all of those mistakes are put in the deep, in the depths of the sea and you can't pick them up again because God has forgiven them and then he gives us a clear slate to begin today and live on to tomorrow. That he's going to do a work in our lives. <laughs> so all Easter, that Jesus conquered death and in doing so, he saved us from the eternal separation from God. You know, a <laughs> couple of things. Um, when Jesus died, upon when Jesus was in the garden, he prayed, Father, for, uh, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. I always wondered about that, and recently, last six months or a year or so, I, I think that it was in the context that the cup that Jesus didn't want to drink of was not the punishment not the crucifixion, not the pain, not the forsaking by everyone, but that when Jesus, when the stain of of sin was placed upon Jesus, the Father, as it were, turned his back on him. That was the separation. And what Jesus did upon the cross was to make sure that no one would ever experience that separation from God. And the resurrection proves that what he accomplished, what he sought sought to accomplish was. It was accomplished. And you see, the, the chains of our sin are broken, the effects of it, the addictions of our sins, the faulty logic... I could preach on that one. How many people know, though know somebody who don't think straight? <laughs> well, there was this um, <laughs> there was this lady. She was very critical of her neighbor, and uh, she'd look out her window and say, you know, her woman, the, her neighbor would wash her clothes and hang them on the hang them on the line, and every time she washed, she would say, "My, look at that woman." She hangs those dingy, dirty clothes out there. Why does, it, why does she hang? I would be ashamed to hang those clothes out there, that being that dirty. And every time the lady washed, the, uh, the neighbor was always critical of it. One day she looks out the window and says, wow, she must have got a washer. She must have got a new washing machine and some really good detergent because her clothes are now clean. And her husband says, no, I washed the window. <laughs> so you see sometimes we look out a dirty window and think everybody else's life is all messed up and all dirty and whatever if they would just clean up their act, they would be well sometimes it's our own eyes that need to be changed so death is swallowed up in victory oh death where is thy sting Oh, death, where is your victory? Christ, Christ the Lord is risen today, and it is an hallelujah song. It is that which speaks to, of love and of comfort and of strength. So, Jesus, one man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrected life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. That's the meaning of Easter. <laughs> That's the meaning of the resurrection. Why did Christ die? He died that we might live, that our sins and our failures might be forgiven, that our past would never be, never influence our future in a negative way, that when our sins are forgiven, they are forgiven. And they are gone. And the resurrection proves that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. Do you think, I think of it sometimes, how hard it would have been for Jesus, who was there in creation, to speak his creation into existence and then to breathe life into people. And then to be there in that garden and there beaten and, 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 and scourged and then crucified by the people he created. And at the whole time that it was going on, they're mocking him. (laughs) And he hangs there, dying for, for them. And the truth of all of this comes to its fruition when Jesus is risen from the dead. And when he's risen from the dead who finds him first but a woman (laughs) whose voice at that time was not even considered worth listening to. And she is the one, and this is my favorite of all the the two favorite things of the, the resurrection story, is when Mary looks in the tomb, sees these angels, doesn't recognize them. People would say, how could that happen? Well, I've dealt with grief and loss and pain to know that's not so out of the question. But, and still in her tears, she falls at the feet of the gardener, she supposes, and wants to know where his body is. They all felt that somebody had stolen him, stolen his body. And in our life, we are like Mary, Mary if we will just stop for a moment, if we will just for a moment stop wherever we're at, whether it's in church or whether it's in our homes or taking a walk in the woods or wherever it is, if we will just stop for a moment and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Live within my heart. There will be a change. Because when Mary was kneeling at his feet, thinking he to be the gardener, Jesus said her name, Mary. And when he said her name, she knew it was him. It was Jesus, Rabboni, teacher. And when we say his name and we're searching for him and he says our name, we'll know that it is God we'll know that it is God and he is speaking to our heart. We are his child. He created us and he wants the best for us. And he will seek us out no matter where we go. Why? Because he loves you. Amen? Let's stand, shall we? Jesus, we thank you that we are loved, we are forgiven, that your resurrection speaks life to us, it speaks hope to us, it speaks that we are forgiven, that we have a home for eternity with you, and that this life is not all there is, there is a life, an eternal life, it is with you. So we ask, Lord, your blessing upon each one of us, each one of our families. God, we just pray your best upon us. We pray your direction for our life. We pray, oh God, that you will continue to reveal yourself to us and reveal yourself to us in a way that, God, it just sets us free to be who we are. You're not calling us to be somebody different. You're calling us to be ourselves, the person made in your image. I pray for your peace, your love, and Lord, most of all, the reality of your resurrection this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Happy Easter. Easter. Yeah, pick up your flowers.